G'day guys. In today's episode, we will reveal the Pressure Point MVP Top 5. We review Round 18 and we chat to a few fans to review each of their club seasons. So sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. The 2020 AFL home and away season has come to an end. 18 rounds done. It's, uh, it's been a while. Um, it's gone quick, but it's been so long at the same time and it's uh, it's finally come to an end now and it's time for the finals. And uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Quinn DeLuca. How you going, mate? Very good, very good. It's an awfully exciting time of the year, especially for a Tigers fan right now. We're getting, uh, I'd normally say deep into September, but we're hopefully going to go deep into October, the way things are looking. Absolutely, mate. I've seen a few memories come up. It's, uh, you know, around this time every year, it's prelim final weekend, isn't it? So usually it's a really exciting weekend for yourself. Yeah, very much so. Well, I've had memories on my Snapchat pop up today from three years ago. I was on the Gold Coast uh, watching the Richmond <laughs> versus GWS prelim from a few years back. Uh, I booked a birthday trip up there, funny enough. I didn't think we were going to get anywhere in 2017, so they definitely proved me wrong. But, um, no, it's definitely exciting times and a bit different having the week off. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, it's going to be it, it's yeah, going to be really exciting. There's some big games, obviously, Brisbane and Richmond playing each other again. And um, I think one thing that I've – what I'm looking forward to in that game in particular is the, the Tom Lynch, Mitch Robinson feud. I just hope Tom Lynch plays because he does have a bit of a hammy strain at the moment. It'd be nice to see if he gets up for it and uh, well, doesn't do anything too stupid, but gives a couple of one-twos to Mitchie Robinson as he runs by. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. It'd be really good. Um, and I think that's going to be a really good game, especially um, you know the way Richmond sort of absolutely dismantled Brisbane last year in the qualifying final. So I think Brisbane would be wanting to uh, get one back on them and especially with the grand final at the Gabba. I think this is Brisbane's perfect chance to, to win the flag this year. So it'd be, that'd be a great game to watch. Um, but in terms of the season, is there any uh, any favourite moments that stick out for you? Ooh. I think in terms of football moments, I think Majak Daw making a return to footy was pretty big for me after everything he went through. Um, obviously, you know, at one stage he had to learn how to walk again. So to be able to come back and play footy was I think that was a pretty special moment in terms of just an all-round, not you know, non-Richmond specific moment. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. How about you? Yeah, um, it's tough. It's just, I mean, I mean, getting the season just restarted again was just an unbelievable thing. Um, you know, as you look around the world, there's a lot of a lot of sporting leagues and that that got cancelled and um, and didn't restart. So for the AFL to be able to restart it and um, and go through it pretty much unscathed. Um, since the restart was was really good. So in terms of a moment, just having footy back and um, trying out new things, especially the footy frenzy, that's something we haven't seen before and footy being played on a Tuesday, Wednesday night and um, that was great. So they're my favourite moments for the year, just having a, a 33, was it, was it, yeah, was it 30 days of footy in a row or something, something crazy like that. So I think that, was, that, yeah. that, that was my highlight, just having footy every night. So um, and it's probably something we won't see again unless – unless uh, another pandemic happens, but let's hope it doesn't. But, um, yeah, that was probably my highlight, having like a, a footy frenzy and the footy uh, still being able to being able to be played and having something to, to watch and do while we're in lockdown. So that was my, my highlight. Um, but a big big news story that did come out of uh, last week was North Melbourne delisting 11 players, which is absolutely absurd, isn't it? Oh, crazy. I mean, obviously changes need to be needed to be had at North Melbourne. Um, you know, the performances they had this year were pretty poor, but to delist 11 players, that's a massive statement from the club. And it'd be interesting to see who they pick up to replace those 11 players now and what kind of moves they make, if they go for a total rebuild and get complete youngsters or what they'll do. So big uh, off-season from North Melbourne coming up, I think. Yeah, it's crazy, especially players like Jasper Pittard, who, um, you know, they got a lot to get into the club and, um, you know, he, he seemed to be playing some pretty good footy as well, and, and even Magic Door as well. So I think, I think a couple of those players will get picked up and go somewhere else. But geez, um, it's a serious call. I've never seen anything like it. So um, I guess change does need to happen. And North, they had a pretty bad season. So 
Um, we'll see how those players go. But let's get stuck into the review of round 18, the, the final round of the season. Um, it all started on Thursday night. It was the game between North Melbourne and, and West Coast at Metricon Stadium. And it was simply just job done for the Eagles. Um, they just had to win if they wanted a chance at top four. Didn't end up getting it, but um, they ended up getting a home final by finishing fifth. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty stock standard West Coast performance, I reckon. And I don't think anyone really gave North Melbourne a chance at all. No, no, they're not really. North, mind you, put up a pretty good fight in the first quarter. They, uh, I think, they went up a quarter, a quarter time leading the game at one point. So impressive from North in that from that perspective. But yeah, Eagles just did what they had to do, got the job done, um, played some solid footy in the last half, especially. And like you said, coming up now um, in WA against Collingwood is a big result for them. Um, playing in Perth will be huge. So good result for West Coast, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I think they've, got, they've had home finals the last few years as well in the first week. So sets them up nicely. And, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be a, a tough to beat come finals time as well. So, um, But we'll go to the votes. We gave one vote to Liam Ryan, two votes to Jed Anderson, and three votes to Jai Simkin. Game on the Friday night was between St Kilda and GWS. The Saints secured their first finals appearance in nearly a decade, since 2011. So it's... Uh, and they did it in style. They absolutely smashed GW West, who on the other hand have just absolutely fallen off the cliff as well. So, um, you know, as good as it, as it is for St Kilda to finally make finals, it's just as bad for GW West to miss out after playing in the grand final last year. Yeah, well, we've said this, I think, the last few weeks now, but there's so many serious questions that need to be answered down in um, GW West in the off-season. To have the success that they've had recently and then to fall off the cliff, as you just said, is... I don't know, something must be going wrong. I know there's some talks of some key players leaving. I know Zach Williams has already nominated to go to Carlton. Um, rumours of Tim Taranto leaving, et cetera. They dropped their captain last week. I don't know what's happening at JWS, but some uh, yeah, some serious problems, I think, by the looks of it. But on the other hand, like you said, St Kilda looked very impressive. They take on the dogs now around one of finals. And, you know, they're going in with some pretty good form. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think JWS are at that period now where... They either try to hang on to these players or if they you know, have one last crack at it at the flag, I think they've probably got one. If they can keep all their players, they've probably got one year left. But, you know, but whether they try to start again now and, and rebuild a little bit, um, I don't know. It's a club that's in uh, a bit of trouble at the moment. So we'll, we'll see how, that, how their off-season goes. But the votes for that game, we gave one vote to Rowan Marshall Two votes to Lockie Whitfield and three votes to Jack Steele, who's had an unbelievable season. Saturday afternoon was the game between Essendon and Melbourne at Metricon Stadium and the D's just did what they had to do and um, they gave themselves a, a chance to play finals. Didn't work out for them, but um, they had just did what they had to do against a, a struggling Essendon side. Exactly right. And like you said, there, there wasn't much they could do. The only thing they could do to try and play finals was win that game and they did just that. Um, Essendon didn't make it easy for them. They did come back late a little bit, but a few good performances from the Ds secured that uh, that win. And at one point it was probably looking promising that they'd play finals. So like you said, just a bit unlucky they missed out, I think. But overall it was a pretty entertaining game, I thought. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Essendon came back pretty late and um, almost looked like they were going to pinch it. but And that would have been a very Melbourne thing to do. But they're able to hang on and kick a kick a couple of late ones. Um, in particular, Jaden Hunt kicked four goals, which was his best game for the season. And Bailey Fridge bobbed up with three. So um, small forwards are getting the job done there for the Ds. But um, Essendon, though, they still still uh, you know that that back half of the season for them has been very disappointing and very concerning. And there's been a lot of a lot of talk about them, a lot of unrest um, in the playing group and the coaching staff and everything. So. Yeah, a lot going on in Essendon, but we'll uh, we'll get it. We'll review their season uh, later in the show when we've uh, got a, an Essendon supporter who's going to jump on and, and give us his thoughts on it. But we'll save it for then. Um, votes for that game: we gave one vote to Zach Merritt, two votes to Jaden Hunt, and three votes to Bailey Fritch. The other game on the Saturday was between Adelaide and Richmond at Adelaide Oval, and the Tigers locking in third spot and the double chance. I think they're very needed a double chance as well, the way the competition's looking at the moment. It's quite even. Um, but, yeah, no, it was a good win for the Tigers. Did what we had to do. Like a few of the other teams, I think we just really had to win to um, try and lock in that third spot. Adelaide did put up a good fight in the second quarter. There was a very um, 
popular passage you played, it got played a couple of times where the pressure they put on was absolutely immense. Um, you know, and they tried not to win the wooden spoon, but Tigers were probably just too good in the end. And Shane Edwards was very impressive in his first game back since round five. Yeah, he's a he's a player that is very important to the Richmond team and very underrated. Um, so he's going to be huge come finals time. And am I right in saying that uh, every so your two flags that you've won over the last three seasons, you've finished third at the end of both those seasons? You would be correct in saying that, yes. Wow, we. <laughs> and where we you finish? You finish third again, so. Finish third again. We, uh, and I'll tell you what, we, yeah, every team that's finished first in the last, I think, nearly 10 years hasn't won the flag. So it's looking good for people that are finishing below the, yeah. There you go. Aren't winning the minor premiership. There you go. Well, they, um, and then yeah, playing Brisbane again, it's uh, it's almost a repeat of last season. So um, now things are good, looking good at Tigerland and you guys always peak at the right time. So, um yeah, definitely my my uh, my favourite for the flag. Um, we'll go to the votes though. So we gave one vote to Shane Edwards, two votes to Matt Crouch, and three votes to Dustin Martin, who's finished up the season well, hasn't he? He's had a solid finish. He, uh, he was a little bit inefficient on the weekend, but he, the amount of touches he had and the goal kick from the boundary line again, another little banana. He's looking good coming into finals. Yeah. All right. The uh, Saturday night game was between Brisbane and Carlton at the Gabba. Um, the Lions just, yeah, a little bit too strong for the Blues. Um, you know, Carlton kept up with them and, and played quite well apart from the second quarter where they just lapsed and, um, you know, same old story for the Blues where they just concede too many goals at once and that just kills the game for them. So, um, you yeah, know, ended up losing by 17 points, but that second quarter ultimately cost the Blues in the end. Um, but the key uh, key moment in that game was was the farewell for Kate Simpson. Um, yeah, as we mentioned last week, he's uh, been an absolute warrior for the club. He's a Carlton legend. He'll go down as a, a great of the game. So, um, And he actually played quite well in his, in his farewell game too. He was one of Carlton's better players. And um, for him to kick that goal in the run too was, was pretty special. So, um, yeah, but yeah, same old story for the Blues, just conceding too many uh, goals at once. And um, Brisbane just looking very strong. So, and there, as, as we said at the start, um, the finals up at the Gabba um, and the grand final at the Gabba. This is the perfect chance for them to to win the flag. Yeah, there's no better opportunity for them than this this year, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, votes for that game. We gave one vote to Daniel Rich, two votes to Sam Walsh and three votes to Lockie Neal. Sunday afternoon, it's a game between Hawthorne and Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval. And the Hawks absolutely smashed the Suns, didn't they? They did. It was... I'm expecting. I did not. I did not expect that from uh, from the Gold Coast to finish off the season like that. But the Hawks, on the other hand, sent off their retiring stars in a very stylish way with a big win like that. Yeah, absolutely. You see, uh, Ben Stratton kicked his second career goal, and um, you know the players absolutely got around him, which was great to see. And um, and then both him and Piopolo getting carried off at the end as well was good. And they really did send off their stars in style, didn't they? Oh, they really did. That that shocked me to hear that um, Stratton had only kicked one goal before that. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just felt like he'd kicked a lot more, but there you go. So it was very special for him, I reckon, to kick one on his last game. Yeah, absolutely. No, they, they did well there, the Hawks, to uh, send them off. And Gold Coast, yeah, look, you know, they've probably finished the season off not as great as they uh, started it, but um, they've definitely improved this season. And I think it's a tick for them moving forward. Um, all right, votes for that game. We gave one vote to Liam Shields two votes to Jack Gunston and three votes to Tom Mitchell. The other game on the Sunday was between Sydney and Geelong at Metricon Stadium. And this game was an absolute beauty. It was pretty tight for most of it. And at one stage, Sydney looked like the better team and they looked like they were going to win the game. Um, but yeah, Geelong's firepower and superstars ended up getting them over the line and they were led by Dangerfield who went forward and, and absolutely dominated, didn't he? I was about to say, he, Dangerfield put that whole Geelong team on his shoulders and said, you're coming with me, we're winning this game. And he yeah. took it all and he, he won it on his own boot. Um, the Swans really probably should have won that game the way that most of the game was played. But yeah, Dangerfield just did what superstars do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was on fire and, um, geez, Geelong dropped that. They would have, I think they would have missed the top four as well. So it was a, it was a pretty big game for them. They had to win it. And um, yeah, now they finished fourth and they, they've set themselves up for a... Um, Top spot, uh, top spot against sorry against Port Adelaide, who have finished in top spot. Can't even talk at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so Port Adelaide first and John fourth. So yeah, they've got a big uh, showdown with them week one of the finals. But the votes for that game 
we gave, where is it? One vote to Jake Lloyd, two votes to Sam Manigola, and three votes to Paddy Dangerfield, who has finished the season off really, really well. The late game on the Sunday was between Frio and the Bulldogs up in Cairns. And this game was was one of the games of the round. And, um, yeah, for Melbourne supporters had a very, very keen eye on this game. They really needed Frio to get up for them to play finals. But the Dogs did what they had to do and ended up getting a pretty comfortable win in the end. It was surprising too. I mean, not that I'm just uh, diminishing the Dogs' performance, but Frio have been a pretty good team lately and like you said, the dogs just sort of took over and I think they knew what was on the line and they had to get the job done and they did it in a very impressive fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't think it rained either. I have cans that day for the first time. So it was a pretty dry game and yeah, Bulldogs just did what they had to do, got the win and now they are in finals and they finished in that, that famous seventh spot where they where they won the flag from in 2016. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there with the doggies. Um, votes for that game, we gave one vote to Caleb Sarong, two votes to Tom Liberatore, three votes to Lockie Hunter. Monday night was the game between Collingwood and Port Adelaide at the Gabba. Uh, this game was a pretty good game, this one, but um, Port were just too strong in the end and ended up kicking a few late ones to um, secure top spot and their first minor premiership, um, I think it's... Since they won the flag in 04, I might be wrong, but I think it's it's been a while since they've finished on top, and um, yeah, they did it well, and they've they've been on top since round one, which is incredible, isn't it? It is. I think what's also incredible is the fact that they're probably still not getting the credit they deserve. I know Ken Hinckley said it not long ago, but people still aren't tipping them as their flag favourites because I don't know what more we have to do to prove ourselves. We were top of the ladder the whole year, and like you said, it was a pretty close game, but I think good teams find a way to get the job done uh, and Port did just that, knock Collingwood off and push them back in the eighth spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think, I don't, I'm not sure why people aren't considering Port Adelaide as a, as a top contender, but as I said, they've been super consistent all year. They haven't dropped away from top spot and um, they should be, they should be up there with Richmond as a, you know, the one, two team of the year. So see how we go, but um yeah, I think Port Adelaide after that performance against the Pies, who the Pies were playing for um, a home final as well, so it was a it was a pretty big game, and um, yeah, Port just looked super strong there. And as I've said, minor premiership secured for them. Um, but the votes for that game, we gave one vote to Taylor Adams, two votes to Tom Rockcliffe, and three votes to Dan Houston. And that is all the games from round eighteen done, final round of the season, um, and votes are all in as well for our leaderboard and. Um, as you've seen on our social media over the last few months, we've, we've been posting the leaderboard every couple of weeks and the final leaderboard, uh, we've got the final top five here, but um, you know, it comes as no surprise who the winner is and that is Lockie Neal, who's finished on 30 votes. Second place, Jack Steele on 23 votes. Third place, Jack McRae on 20 votes. Fourth place, Christian Petrarca on 18 votes. And fifth place, Tom Rockcliffe on 17 votes. So... Pretty, uh, pretty good top five. Jack Steele, absolute bot from the blue this season. He's um, had an incredible year. Um, and then even Christian Petrarca has elevated his game as well. So um, two young superstars really starting to find their, find their way in the game. Um, but this leaderboard will be posted on social media, so keep an eye on that. Um, we'll also be posting each individual club's top five leaderboard too. So keep an eye on that to see who, uh, who pulled well for your club. Um, what, do you, what do you think of that? leaderboard Quinn do you uh have any disagreements and any shocks and surprises no no shocks and surprises there I think uh the one I'm happy with is probably Christian Petrarca to see him put a very solid year of football together um who's consistent pretty much week in week out which is something he's probably lacked in his last few years so it was good to see that and um the other one I'm pretty happy with as well is Jack McRae I think people forget how many disposals he gets every game he gets Massive numbers. I think people tend to forget that. So it was uh, that was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just super consistent, McRae. It was, um, you know, especially in shortened games as well. He was just continued to rack up the footy and, um, yeah, had an unbelievable season. Yeah, Petrarca, I think a lot of people are tipping him as a, the one that can really challenge Lockie Neal for the Brownlow. So we'll see how we go there. But, um, yeah, Lockie Neal should be odds on favourite for the Brownlow medal. I'd say, and um, be hard to beat, especially his, his first half of the year was just incredible. So um, all looking good there. Um, 
Who do you reckon won up for the Tigers? I know, I know, I, uh, I know, I haven't shown you the leaderboard, Quinn. But who do you reckon Richmond's uh, top vote getter was? Oh well, I know Dusty came in hot pretty late, so it wouldn't surprise me if Dusty won it. Um, I'm trying to remember who I was giving votes to throughout the year because it's pretty tough to remember. I know, <laughs> I know some of the blokes like Jaden Short and Liam Baker would have been fairly consistent as well, but I'm going to say Dusty would have had to have been. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll keep it as a surprise for everyone to uh, check out on social media. But, um, yeah, there have been some players that have uh, got some really good votes through there. So it's been uh, it's been really good. So it's been fun to vote through that uh, throughout the whole season. So um, that's been really good. Well, uh, we'll move on to our uh, debate question for this episode as well. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get this we'll get this going before we uh, before I get our guests on for their uh, respective team reviews um but our question for this week is who will win the rising star there's been some really good young players this season and um you know there's a couple that stand out like Caleb Sarong and Isaac Rankin even Matty Rowe's up there as well only played a handful of games but um people still saying he could win it so um they're uh, they're probably the main three uh who are you who, who, who's your tip um it's a good question. I think so, uh, Caleb Sarong's probably going to be up there with mine. Um, I'd love Matty Rao to win it, but he didn't play enough. Um, so, yeah, I think Caleb Sarong, for me, he's been pretty consistent all year and he's had some pretty outstanding games. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I think Caleb Sarong as well. Um, I, obviously, along with everyone, would have said Matty Rao up until about round six or whatever, whenever he got injured. So, um, But I think Caleb Sarong's just been super consistent. Um He's yeah, just been a shining light for Frio and um, in a pretty pretty good year for them. So I think Caleb Strong will win it. Um, you've even got yeah Max King who who started off quite well. Um, I'm just trying to think. Of, yeah, I think they're, they're the main ones that that did pretty well. Then Isaac Rankin had that real patch when he came in that um, really shocked everyone and uh, made the footy world take note of him. But um, he he dropped off towards the end of the season. But I think Caleb Strong's been the most consistent one there. Definitely. With Isaac Rankin as well, I'll just say, I think we've seen some pretty promising signs going forward with him because he's he's got that uh, ability and that want to take the game on when the game was on the line. I mean, we saw it against, I can't remember who they were playing, but when he had that shot from nearly 50 metres out, try and win the game, probably a bit ambitious for a first-year player and he played a handful of games. But the desire to want to do that and take that responsibility is uh, going to be massive going forward for um, the Gold Coast Suns and for him as a player individually. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's got a he's got a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence, and um, probably a bit too much at times. But um, but I'm sure that can be that can be trained into him. And um, but yeah, he's going to be an absolute star. And look forward to seeing him over the next decade. That's for sure. Along with Matty Real and um, a lot of the young Gold Coast players, actually, they've got a, a great young crop coming through. So it's exciting times for them. All right. Well, uh, we'll get stuck into our uh, team reviews for the season. So we'll do we'll do three teams today, and uh, we've got some some guests to come on and, and talk about their respective teams. And we'll uh, we'll start with the the Hawthorne Footy Club, and we'll review their season and um, get a fan's perspective on on all things Hawthorne. And uh, we've got Jacob, who's in and uh, ready to talk about the Hawks. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Marcus and Quinny. Uh, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, can't wait. The Pressure Point podcast, It's uh, I think it's been destined for me to come on the show, but it's finally here, so can't <laughs> wait to talk about my hawkers. Well, we finally had to give you the opportunity, mate. There's no way we're going to let uh, Jake the Snake go without jumping on. So welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to have you. So yeah, what what did you think of the Hawks season so this year? Yeah, a lot of inconsistencies uh, up and down. Uh, we finished the season with five wins for the year. We're actually uh, four wins after round nine where we, won- where we beat Carlton. So the second half here, we only had one win, which came in the last round against the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, I think after four rounds, we were three out of four. Um, so we're sitting about third or fourth place. And I thought, okay, maybe Clarko's done some, he's done some work in the off-season and he's going he's gonna to bring us back into... Those years of you know 2013 to 2015 where we had the three peat, but um, yeah, just so much inconsistency and um, up and down season with, with a lot of vets um, coming under scrutiny, you know, such as Ben Stratton and Poppy. Obviously, they're retiring now, but um, yeah, hopefully our young guns can can pave way through and and make us the great team again. Yeah, you knocked off the Tigers earlier in the year. I'm still a bit filthy about that, considering the season you ended up having. It was a bit 
bit dirty, but um, yeah. So you excited for I guess what's to come in the, in the coming years? You reckon you're going going to go through a complete rebuild, or how do you reckon Clarko's going to work it? Yeah, great question, Quinny. Uh, who knows, Clarko? He's a man of mystery. Uh, okay. We don't know if we're going to go through a rebuild, or we're going to try and get recycled players from Richmond, like Tyrone Vickery or Spanger. Um, <laughs> we don't know what we're going to do, us Hawkers. But I hope. I hope, you know, he's got a plan in place and they've got some good people around the footy club, so I'm sure something will happen. But I'm hoping that we can really take some time into our young blokes, um, such as Will Day, uh, Jack Scrimshaw, just to name a few, even CJ. Um, you know, I think our young talent coming through is there. It's just our second-tier players, like the middle players. Um, we need to really work on that area. So, you know, our Tom Mitchells and our Jagger O'Meara's and our Gunstons and our Bruce, they're our first tier, but it's our middle tier that sort of needs work. Um, so I don't know if they're going to go look to the draft and get some young guns coming through, or as I said, who knows if they're going to get to some recycled players and and do what we tried did oh, you know, do what we try to do um, back in you know those glory days. But I'm hoping that we can stick through and, and really take some time into our young blokes. So I do think that there is some talent there, and if we keep pushing through, who knows what can happen? And if it takes five years, it takes ten years. If it even takes trading some players such as Jack Gunston for a first round pick. Um, Obviously, Sean, Sean Bergwijn's getting old there now, so it'll be last year, next year. But we really, it'd be really good for his experience to push through some young blokes, and um, yeah, hopefully we can get back there one day soon. Here you go, Marcus. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, who do you, who do you think is going to be the next captain now that now that Strats has moved on? Yeah, great question, Marcus. Uh, I think it's been a bit of a burning sort of topic. You know, James Sisley. Some people think that he he possibly could take it on, or is it you know? Our battle with Liam Shields has been there through thick and thin. He's been there for a long time and, you know, he might take it or is it up to a young bloke like James Warple who has a lot of leadership qualities? You know, obviously he was captain of Vic Metro, I think, and he was captain for Geelong Falcons. So there's definitely some leadership qualities there. Um, Jagger O'Meara possibly as well. Um, I would, captain, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who I'd go, but if I had to probably go outside the box, Isaac Smith, if I reckon I'd take him. Um, I think he's been there. He's been, you know, he's been through a journey. He started actually back in my uh, Barrett Free League for the Redan Twos. He was playing reserves, um, got picked up by the Roosters by Jared Fitzgerald, and then they threw him in there. And I think he's just a bit of a journeyman. So I think, you know, maybe Isaac Smith or Liam Shields, definitely that experience um, would help with the younger blokes coming through. And then maybe that's Sicily or Warple that's next in line after them. Yeah, I think Isaac Smith would be my tip if I had to choose a Hawthorne captain. Um, but you mentioned in your glory days earlier, and speaking of your glory days, uh, the 80s was probably a big era for the Hawks, and you're starting to rock the Dermot Burton haircut there. You're looking quite <laughs> good with the, the old curly mullet there. How long is that sticking around for, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, good question, Quinny. Uh, Dermot Burton, yeah, he's um, he's my dad. Uh, don't know if it's uh, biological <laughs> or adopted, but in some way I think he's my father. Uh, I go down the street down in, uh, here in Ballarat, Cold Ballarat, should I say? And uh, yeah, I got a few few remarks. Warwick Kappa, Demi Burden, whatever, whatever I sort of get, I'll take. But uh, yeah, I don't know how long it's going to stay for. It's sort of a it's a good question, Quinny. I don't know if it's going right with the girls, then we'll keep <laughs> going with it. But um, if it's not, then it's, it's coming off straight away. But I think definitely for the summer, keep it and uh, let it flow and get down to the beach and you know get that real sandy sort of. I don't know, get sandy sort of beach look, and hopefully a few chicks ask if I surf and that, and I'll say yeah, I do, which I don't. But um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll just roll with the punches. I tell you what, with uh, with Dermy's locks and uh, you definitely got Kappa's uh, personality. You're very out there. Yeah. I think I think you'll be all right with the chicks down the beach this year, especially if you tell me you're a surfer. You got you got the look for it. So yeah, I reckon you have no dramas whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Quiddy. I don't know about that, but we'll see. We'll just keep talking, and uh, I've been told I have to give the gap, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. I love it. Now, uh, coming coming up just after you, Jakey, we've got we've got the glue. We've got glue coming on. Uh, will Guthrie talk yep. about his talk about his sayers. Now, just to give a quick preview before he jumps on, tell the people what kind of a man Will is because we all know that he's uh, he holds our group together. Hence why he's called the glue. For those who don't know, we uh, we're in a uni course together, Jake and I, and same as Will that's coming on next. And yeah, tell us a bit quick about quickly about glue before I bring him in. There is many words I could describe this man, but if I had to summarise him in a small, short, specific way, um, he's a saviour. He is the glue. That's his nickname. He holds us all together. If there's a man I could put my head and rest my shoulder on, it'd be glue. He's that man who just lifts us up. If it's, a, if it's a bad day on a Monday morning, everyone goes through Monday morning after a big weekend. You know, you try and have three shots in your coffee or whatnot, but 
glues that man. He's that extra coffee. He's that extra shot. Like, he, he is like my father. Demi Burden stuff, Demi. Glue is my father. I would love to have him <laughs> in my life. I idolise Glue and he loves his beloved Sainers. Um, he's not really fond on my man, Seb Ross, down here at Ballarat, who was also part of the Rebels um, playing group. But those Sainers, you can't cancel them out. And I'm sure Glue will have uh, much to say. He's a very, very wise man. So listen to when he speaks. Oh, we definitely will be. We definitely will be, Jake. Well, He's just trying to join us now, mate, so I'm going to have to let you go. But thanks for joining us, mate. It's been a pleasure. We'll definitely get you on soon for a more lengthy feature, but it was great to hear about your Hawks while we are, you know, coming to the end of their season. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you very much for having me, Quinny. Uh, thanks, Marcus. Nice meeting you, mate. And uh, hopefully us Hawkers can go through a bit of a rebuild. I don't know what Clarko's going to do, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see and sit back in our seat and, and enjoy the ride. So all the best, boys. Enjoy. All right. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Pleasure Cheers. to have you. Cheers. All right, so that was the infamous Jake the Snake Loman, uh, up-and-coming broadcaster. It's uh, likened to Roman Bryan, but he's going to be going under the name of Roman Loman, so very exciting from him. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, I think we've got another – is it is it the glue? Is that what we'd, we'd like to call him now, is it? Yeah, we've got glue. We've got glue joining us as we speak. Will Guthrie, the man, the myth, the legend, is joining us. Will, G'day, how are you, mate? Good, thank you. How about yourselves? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear, mate. mate. Loud and clear. Just, just, be- just before we get into it, mate, I'll let you know, we just had um, Jake Lohman on, the snake. and we, Roman uh, Lohman. We had Roman Lohman on, and we just asked him to give a quick preview um, of yourself before you came on. And <laughs> you, might, right. you, might, you might question this. He, uh, he, had some, well, he had some very, very nice things to say about you, and he, uh, he called you his father figure at the moment. So <laughs> 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 he's got some great things to say about you, Jakey. <laughs> oh, that's that's lovely. He's uh, look. I, I have to reciprocate. He's like a son to me, you know. I just I just feel like a, a real need to just look out for him and, and hope he gets the best out of himself. And uh, he's a ripping fella. So um, that's actually really funny because I am an old man in comparison to a lot of the boys in our in our course. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the boys are fresh out of high school. So even even I can relate. I'm a few years older than myself. But um, we'll get right into it. We're here to talk to you about the Saints today. The Saints made finals first time in a decade. How are you feeling? Mate, it's uh yeah, it's been a long time between drinks. So um yeah, I look at it, it's been a rough ten years. Uh I think the roadmap to twenty eighteen, as it was um sold to us in twenty fourteen, was a total disaster. And um yeah, to turn it around so quickly I think was fantastic. So um I think in, in terms of good, you can't really go past the finals being, you know, the drought-breaking appearance. But um, I also think, like, the the recruiting was really good. Um, you sometimes get a bit reluctant, you know, like we're a bit sceptical because, you, you know, you see, like, a whole bunch of new guys come into a club and maybe they don't necessarily gel straight away and it, it takes a bit of time to get that uh, on-field performance to be, you know, the level it can. But um, for the Saints, you know, they, they seem to really all have an impact straight away and, you know, not just Dan Butler, who's obviously um, been great, but um, Dougal Howard, I think, has been really, really strong down back. Um, Ryder in the ruck was was pretty handy um, and Zach Jones was really important and that's not even mentioning Hill, who I think has got a lot of improvement left. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was a bit nervy after round one when we went into that um, break and we coughed up a five-goal lead to the Kangas at halftime. But... Um, I had a few months to settle down and then luckily we came out and, and started winning a few games. Give us your uh, give us your thoughts on Jack Steele. Uh, we were talking about him earlier and he's just had an incredible season and um, obviously he's going to be up there in the Brownlow medal as well and um, he's sort of just come out of nowhere this season and just been one of the best players in the comp. So give us your thoughts from a from a Saints perspective. I know you, you probably love him. Oh mate, he um he's yeah we froth him. I'll be honest. Um, we've a few of my saints mates and I have got a little WhatsApp group and it's called the Men of Steel. Uh, we just yeah, I mean you know that was one of my little points I wanted to bring up. If anyone was sort of uh, feeling bad for Alan Richardson, just remember that he was using this bloke as a tagger for the last few years. And you know Rats has come in and actually gone. Now nah, go find the footy yourself, and he's absolutely tearing it up. You know I wouldn't have him in the category of you know, Bont and those kind of guys, but he's, you know, probably going to get an All-Australian blazer and, and he's just really become our, our A-grader that we needed in the midfield. So, yeah, we absolutely love him and he seems like a real heart and soul player and hopefully uh, our next captain. 
Yeah, right. He probably you'd say he's likely to be your captain. He just looks like he has a lot of leadership on field. And I'm a big fan of a few of your boys at the moment. Um, you know, Rowan Marshall and all that. But I know you mentioned Dan Butler before, and I'm still bleeding being a Richmond supporter. That uh, we we let him go. He did have a quiet season, and we we let him go. And he's he's become one of the best small forwards in the league. He must be very happy with Dan Butler. Yeah, absolutely wrapped, mate. And you know, sometimes I think it's just a matter of getting an opportunity. And uh, he doesn't have a lot of competition at the Saints for that small forward role. And um, I think, you know, he may have even mentioned in at some point that he hasn't had a proper preseason for a while. So seeing him have that and uh, and string together some good footy and he's just never out of it. You know, he had a really quiet game the other night against the Eagles, but he popped up and kicked a late goal that kept us alive. And he just has that X factor that we've been crying out for and and class, you know, he actually can put the ball between the sticks which is our big problem for the last few years we were the worst shots at goal in the comp I think one of the underrated things about Dan Butler as well is his work rate I know there was footage of him um, from the game on the weekend and he got the ball I think towards the half back line and you see him the footage he runs all the way across the ground down the four line snaps a goal out of it and it just shows that work rate which is what a lot of clubs are desperate for and he brings it he brings it to the Saints um, big time um, speaking of that, I was going to say just quickly, what did, what did you make of the game against the Giants? I mean, it was obviously pretty impressive. Oh, mate, I was um, I was convinced the Giants were going to uh, come out breathing fire and, and Knigs would tear us to shreds after dropping himself and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, like that second half was the best we've played all year. I couldn't believe it. Um, and, yeah, look, it was – I was absolutely wrapped. You know, you can't you can't complain when you have a big win like that. You know, 50 points in a shortened game is, is nothing to be sneezed at. And a problem we've had all year is putting teams away. And, um, yeah, we, we seem to do that pretty well on Friday night. Yeah, what, 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 what's, uh, what's, what's your highlight of the season so far? I know you guys have still got finals to play, but if you had to uh, give us a highlight, maybe your best win or, or best moment from the season, what, what would it be? Uh, I think the win against Port Adelaide in Adelaide. You know, Port have been top of the ladder all year and we traditionally don't ever win out of Etihad Stadium. So um, <laughs> going to Adelaide and winning two in a week, uh, particularly beating Port, who were a really – I mean, they probably had a bit of an off night, but we were still really good. And, and guys like um, Paddy Ryder and Butler again. And, um, you know, a lot of our new recruits were really on, on song that night. It was just um, – it sort of gave you a bit of belief that, oh, maybe we actually can play finals. Now, I know you weren't too optimistic about the Giants and you told me that numerous times leading up to the game on the weekend, but how are you feeling about the Doggies round one of finals? Uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, I feel a bit silly now, but, um, yeah, we, <laughs> you know, lifetime of uh, experience just, just makes me be a bit um, optimi- or pessimistic, Quinn, you know. Um, but I think... It's a winnable game. I think getting it in Brisbane is huge for us. Um, we seem to play the Gabba pretty well. And, yeah, I think – I'm not saying we will win because they're a really good side and they're in form, uh, but I think we match up well and, and a couple of injuries might hurt them. So I think we're definitely a chance. And if we win that, then for me that's, you know, expectations exceeded for the season. Yeah, definitely. Now, I know, uh, just quickly, you mentioned him before, uh, Rats, how he's done such a good job. He changed Jack Steele's position, et cetera, et cetera. I know there's a few Carlton supporters happy to see Rats get another chance at coaching and do some good things. So are you pretty happy with the way he's what he's done for the club and you reckon he'll be around for a fair while? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he was pretty – I don't know, Marcus might be able to um, offer a bit more in this space, but, you know, I think he was a bit stiff at Carlton. You know, he was playing finals footy and when he – got sacked he I think he'd won 11 games that season so he, he was obviously a decent coach and then he, he spent so much time under Clarko it could only have made him better and now we've like he seems to have done wonders for us you know in such a short space of time so I'm hoping that he is really our long-term coach uh, and I'm delighted because he he seems like a really nice bloke and he's obviously had a bit of personal tragedy off field and um, yeah he, to see how the players sort of seem to get around him I think that you know, says a lot. And from what I'm hearing, he's really popular in the football department and all around the club in general. Yeah, absolutely. That Rats is uh, is one of the best going around. And um, as a Carl, all Carlton supporters at the time, when he did get sacked, we were, we were all pretty shattered about it. And I think the only reason why he did get sacked was because Mick Maltes was available. And, um, you know, we all know how that went down. But, um, you know, we would have loved to have had him back last season when we were looking for a coach. But, um, yeah, the Saints have got an absolute beauty there. And I'm... Uh, very jealous and 
um, yeah, I hope he, I hope he does well for you. He, he definitely deserves it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, well, I think that's all we've got time for. We've got another guest that's uh, knocking on the door, trying to jump in as well. But I really appreciate you jumping on, having a chat with us. We'll be sure to definitely get you on again uh, for a bit more lengthy chat. I hope. But uh, yeah, seriously, thanks for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. No worries, lads. Thank you for having me. Love the podcast. Keep it going. Uh, I'm an avid listener. Thanks, Will. Thank you very much. Appreciate, mate. appreciate it. Mate. it. <laughs> Cheers, See you, mate. We've got the uh, Essendon review coming up next, which is going to be uh, very, very fun. And obviously, they've had a pretty disappointing season. And, um, you know, they started off really well, but finished off pretty poorly. So, we'll, uh, we'll get uh, a fan's perspective on that. Because we know uh, they've got a very, very passionate supporter base, as we've said multiple times on this, uh, on this podcast. And maybe you've gone a bit too far with it at times, but um, it's all in good fun. And we, we respect them as a club sometimes. So... Um, it might be about to get what we deserve. I have a feeling. Yeah, this might this, this this might get pretty fiery, which is which is completely fine. Which was what which is what we love. All right. Well, uh, so we'll get stuck into our Essendon review, and we've got a uh, a passionate Essendon supporter that's going to come on and, and help us uh, review their season. Joey, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Hope we're all well in the lockdown. <laughs> no, mate, we're, we're going well. We're, we've still got footy to talk about, so that keeps us going. And um, no, we're, we're happier now that we can uh, chat to you about the Bombers. What are, you, what are your thoughts on I'm them sure in, in 2020? Are. I'm sure you are. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not all doom and gloom like uh, three quarters of our fan base, but I'm not going to pretend that it's all rosy uh, at the same time, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, I mean, you, you started off the season quite well. Um, I mean, like you won, was it five out of your first seven or, or something like that? And um, and then you could only win eight of your last 10 or something like that. So, I mean, you, you lost eight of your last 10 games. So what, what, do, what do you really put that down to? I know you had a lot of injuries, but, um, you know, what, what, what do you really put that down to? Well, if you scroll back to the Collingwood game and, and, and you re-dissect that, you look that that was a brand of football. That, that looked sustainable, that was going to make us uh, contend. But obviously, if you if you strip it back a few layers and have a look who we lost post that game, uh, you, you tell me what list is going to be able to contend with the uh, the talent that we had missing throughout the season. So you look at that game, Stringer pretty much dragged us over the line with Dylan Shield, and then he did his syndesmosis with his ankle injury the last three minutes of the game, jumping for something that he didn't need to jump for. And... You know, Dylan Shear was was BOG out of the midfield. They were, you know, at the time pumping him up for Brownlow chances, and he's out for two weeks for a for a hit that barely touched McDonald's head. So, um, you know, you look at that; it hasn't helped, that's for sure. But I'm not going to sort of use that as an excuse for for why it's disappeared so quickly. That's that was disappointing, rather disappointing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, no. Injuries are absolutely, especially to key players, which is completely understandable. But I think the big thing, well, that was that's been talked about lately, is the uh, the whole coaching issue with with Wusher and and Rutten. I mean, like, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you uh, did you agree with it, and um, do you think it was necessary to have? Uh, whether I agree with it or not is irrelevant. I don't have a personal view there. It's just that's what they went with. You, you back it in and hope that they get it right. I, I don't have an issue because. Rutten by by title wasn't the senior coach, but but he was, and 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 John got him throughout the year. So now he comes in fresh, having a year pretty much coaching, yet what didn't have to cop any of that coaching responsibility. He knows what it's all about now. He's got he's got good people around him that have come from premiership backgrounds in Carousel. Everywhere he's been, the flags followed: Collingwood, Richmond, uh, Geelong. So he's got the he's got the people there. He's got the people there. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. Now, some promising times, um, hopefully in the future. Um, but speaking of the future, I know one thing that's speculated quite a lot at the moment is uh, is Joey Danaher. And I, and I guess we have to ask the question: Is it as a Bombers fan? Is it, do you think he's staying? Not anymore. I don't know. I think if he was staying, he would have already come out and said so, like Papley did. Um, like he did with Sydney. Um, yeah, I, I think he's checked out already. So, unfortunately, that's, that's how it goes. But, you know, for him to go, something has to come back in the other way. That's for sure. So, 
who oh, would yeah. you be looking at as a bomber supporter? Who would you be looking at to replace Danaher? I know someone like Ben Brown is, um, you know, now free. Would you be looking at someone like him, or what, what would you? Well, who would you I'd, bring in? Well, I wouldn't be throwing the mega dollars that they're talking about at Ben Brown, nor Jeremy Cameron. There's a, there's a guy at the Gold Coast. It's uh, it's about two meters tall. It can't get a look into that side. And uh, you saw last year what he can do. So I'd be trying my my, my hardest to go after Peter Wright. Um, clearly can play that that key position role and have Stewart as his number two. And um, and yeah, he'll take the best backman away. And and that's who I'd be going after. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think there would be any other players to exit the club? I know there's been talk about Adam Saad recently. Do you uh, do you see any more, or do you do you reckon you're going to hang on I, to these boys? No, I do, and a lot of it comes down to a lot of talk that uh, the senior blokes aren't happy that Bell Chambers didn't get a farewell game, supposedly. Yeah. Um, so Hooker, Hooker, Hurley, and obviously Joe and Horacio are, are looking at going. If you if you believe those articles now, now if those blokes are want to leave because they're not happy that a guy didn't get a farewell game that, and and prevent a guy who's our future ruckman having more experience and, and, and competing against arguably the best ruckman in the comp, then as far as I'm concerned, they can go. Because that's that's been the problem with this comp for the last 15 years. The players have, uh, have expected plenty and uh, and not had too much to show for it. Now it's time to, to get rid of that culture. And uh, and I think Ben Rutten, he, he, will, he will drive that out. It's it's not their decision. And, um, and yeah, so I, I do expect more departures, which I think is needed. Yeah, do you think do you think things like that as part of the culture maybe being a little bit too friendly, a bit too nice of a culture? You might need to be a bit harder on them. Like you know, some obviously it would have been nice for Bell Chambers to get a you know a farewell game, but at the end of the day, it's a business, and you got to do what's best for business. Absolutely, Absolutely. I have uh, all the utmost respect for Bell Chambers. He stayed for thirteen years, uh, even after what what happened to the drug saga. So he, he's a loyalist in person. But that that culture that you're talking about. It's you, you look at the essence what has our culture been for so long and it needs to be stamped out and, and they need to stand for something. So if, the, if that's what it's going to take, get rid of those players and then I'd be all for it. And um, you want players that want to play for your football club anyway. So get rid of them. Yeah, for sure, mate. And I love it. All right, well, give us your, give us a highlight of the season and, and give us your low light. I mean, you, you said it's not all doom and gloom. So there's obviously something that may have stood out to you during the year. And yeah, give us that and, and obviously give us your low light as well. Oh, there was. No, there definitely was, was, was a highlight. Um, if, you know, we found a, uh, a really, really good uh, centre-half-back slash half-back flanker in, in Ridley at 21 years yep. old. Um, that, that, to me, is probably the highlight of the year. And, and, and obviously, you know, we've, we've now found a Ruffman that, that looks like he's, he's uh, you know, a young Ruffman that can compete and he looks like he can be something as well in Draper. Now, when you look back at the last, you know, five, six years, you can't really say that you've had a Ruffman. You can't put Bell Chambers in that mould that, you know, he, he had the potential to be a top four or five Ruffman in the comp. You look at something like Draper, I know he's still young, but you can just see that with more work, you know, with more more rough craft, he, he can be something pretty special in that uh, part of the ground for us. And uh, if you were to go low light, uh, definitely how we fell away uh, once we entered that hub. That it would have to be uh, my low light. How quickly and how easily we were beaten, and and yeah, that that would be my low light for the season. That's for sure. Yeah, I, was, I thought I thought you were going to say uh, the the round four game against the Blues. Was going to be your low lot. <laughs> yeah, well, as you can see, the majority of the way Carlton win their games is by us. They need um, <laughs> a head, a head on the line. That something of Falcon that Jones had no idea what he was doing, and uh, and yeah, somehow kept it out without even without even trying to keep it out. So, and then you look at them as well, getting uh, free kicks for deliberate out of out of bounds and downfield free kicks. Like, yeah, it makes you wonder. <laughs> Makes you wonder, doesn't it, Marcus? <laughs> Seeing carrying on like they want a flag—that's uh, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, this end of the season, um, you know, it's a bit later than normal, but we will be heading into finals. And unfortunately for yourself, the Bombers didn't quite get there this year. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing this means now you'll be supporting the Tigers for the final series. Um, well, look, considering it's it's been fantastic that after so long your supporter base has rediscovered what AFL actually is. So um, <laughs> as, 
as quickly as the uh, as you guys jumped on, I, I can't see why they wouldn't uh, have any more bandwagoners jump on the train, my friend. <laughs> well, the more the merrier. You're more than welcome to buy a Richmond membership. Well, only three years' time before Harvey Norman comes back into play with those microwaves. It won't be long. I love it. I love it. Richmond and Carlton would be your two most hated teams, wouldn't it? By far, by far. And I I know you haven't got long with me, but I I will have one little rebuttal at the uh, so-called four biggest clubs, the three that have tried Potness in the last 10, 15 years. Um, Obviously, it's Carlton, Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon. That's the four. But Carlton supporters like to go after us because we haven't won a final in, in what is it, 5,000 days. So uh, I'm oh, I, can get, I can get the exact number up for you if you want. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you can. <laughs> I, 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 am glad, I am glad you measure success as uh, winning elimination finals. Um, <laughs> but, but, also, but, yeah, but in that, in that meantime, it's, uh, in the last eight years, Carlton hasn't made the finals once, even with 16 first-round picks on their list. So compared to, to our four times making the finals, so if they do want to go off that, then that's so be it. And then I, uh, I go over to Collingwood, who like to go on about that number as well. Yet since 1990, when they beat us in a flag, both clubs have won two flags each. So I can't understand what the, there is to brag about there. And as for Richmond, <laughs> their supporters, <laughs> I don't need to say any more. Like I said before, welcome back to the AFL, guys. <laughs> now, the, you're right, there are a lot of bandwagon Richmond supporters, but... um. I think at least the good thing about a Richmond supporter is when they when they lose, they can sort of accept the loss and not blame it on everybody else other than their own performance. Do you think that's fair to say coming from a Bomber supporter? Um, well, it's, it's fairly, uh, that's a fairly hypocritical comment. Um, <laughs> I, I do recall plenty of time Richmond supporters spitting on umpires um, back in the day and Danny Frawley, but rest in peace. I do recall them spitting on their own Um yeah, so um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you're going with that line. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, you, you dug yourself a hole there, didn't you, Quinn? I was only a baby in those days. I don't quite recall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we love it, Joey. We uh, we love your passion, mate, and so we respect that. We yeah, we all we all banter about the big clubs and um, banter with each other about it. But we all we all have that respect, and um, and it's great, and it's, it's what makes what makes footy so great. And um, yeah, we can't wait to go get back to the footy and. And uh, and especially those Blues Bombers games are absolutely fierce and absolutely love them. So look forward to it, mate. But thanks for coming on. We we do appreciate it, and um, yeah, hope you have a good off season. And hopefully Essendon can hang on to a few of their players. Likewise, mate. Thanks for having me on, and uh, go Dons. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Joey. Appreciate it. Good on you, boys. See ya. Bye. All right, so that's all we've got time for on, on, on today's uh, today's episode. But as we say every week, make sure you leave us a review, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Spotify. Uh, we appreciate all the support that's coming through. Um, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed and we, we love it all. So really do appreciate it. But have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, the pre-finals by first weekend without footy in a long time. So enjoy it. Stay at home, wear your mask. And, uh, well, we hope your, your finals team wins. Go Tigers.